0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Canes Insight Podcast brought to you by Canesware. I am D-Money flying solo today. Peter's off on official Asian business, so we're in the lovely Miami Beach studios. I fluffed the pillows a little bit because my wife complained last time that the house looked too dingy, so I tried my best. Probably could have had this blanket looking a little better, but we're okay. Uh, Victory podcast coming off a win against Georgia Tech. Feeling good about that. We're able to see Uh, Some glimpses of what might be with quarterback Jakari Brown, looking a little different than really any Miami quarterback, aside from maybe De'Ara King, that we can remember. Uh, Saw some unique things offensively, and saw some touchdowns, which Miami had not seen in in really several games. Four touchdowns uh, on the offensive end, and then a defensive touchdown, which is sort of a calling card of Miami when Miami is good. And you're hoping to see more of that as ball continues to elevate the level of athletes on the defensive side of the ball uh, with recruiting. Uh, starting with Ja'Kari Brown, three touchdowns, over 220 total yards, very efficient performance, and you, things that stand out. Look, I can't crown the guy after one game. His story is yet to be told. Uh, obviously, Clemson coming up with the defensive line they had could be a, a wake-up call for Ja'Kari. Uh, who knows how that game could turns out. But just based on what we saw and what we know, I like to look at things that you can take away that are that are obvious and, and aren't necessarily going to change. And the first thing you take away is is size and physicality. Jakari looked big against an ACC defense. He was running people over. You saw it in high school, but now you're seeing it at the college level and consistently. He's falling forward. He's shrugging people off when he's scrambling. He looks big and strong. It's only going to get bigger and stronger. You worry some, some of uh, what with injury because the guy runs a little high and he's always twisting off people and going for that extra yard. You hope you know nothing ever goes awry there. But just from a physical standpoint, he is going to be a presence uh, at the college level and he's only going to get stronger to go along with his speed, which is also very much apparent. It doesn't take a lot to see. This guy has some extra juice. A couple times he hit the corner – uh, and really accelerated. And, you know, Miami had De'Aaron King, who was a great runner, great quarterback. I don't know if we've seen that level of acceleration given the length of the strides at 6'4", the turnover and the twitch uh, that he was able to display in turning the cor- corner on a couple broken plays. We really made something out of nothing, got to the edge, and was able to cruise into a first down. But really the poise is my take with Ocicari. He did not look overwhelmed. Yes, it was a simplified offense, but he executed it very, very well. No balls in harm's way, whether it was a fumble or, or a, an interception that could have been. And that was a true no-turnover performance. I can't think of any turnover-worthy plays the entire game. Uh, really, the only bad decision was maybe the intentional grounding on third down. But other than that, uh, pretty spotless from a decision-making standpoint. And you also saw Jakari scrambling and making decisions, good decisions, such as the first down to, to Frank Ladson on the sideline. So that's encouraging because part of his game is not just going to be running this designed offense. It's going to be what he does that's not on the script. Sort of bailing out his offensive coordinator if the play doesn't work out. Having the ability to to get outside the pocket and do things either running or passing. and You saw flashes of that, but the decision-making aspect uh, was very, very encouraging. Obviously going to be a lot tougher against a Clemson defense with better, bigger athletes up front. Uh, very sound uh, technicians and, and guys that, that play the right way on the defensive end and have really, for a decade. So it's going to be a challenge, but you can take away the physical attributes that you saw and the poise that you saw. You know, I saw, I saw bad snaps and maybe a less prepared quarterback would be fumbling around. He grabbed them. He didn't even notice them. Just little things like that. Uh, just the way he interacted with refs, you know, with the other team. He, he's, he looked like he'd been there before. And you look at Georgia Tech and their young quarterbacks, they did not look nearly as developed uh, as Jakari looked and ready for that moment. So that was, uh, that was encouraging. I've seen people say, well, the guy can't pass. 14-19, three touchdowns, passing, those are pretty good numbers. Now, is 14-19 reflective of his accuracy, his pure accuracy at this point of his development? No. It's a lot of easy throws. But what people don't realize is he's going to get a lot of easy throws because of what he can do running the ball. So you can't say, oh, he's just getting easy throws. He's creating those easy throws with his ability to be that extra runner and that extra power runner which is unique. The ability to handle a lot of carries and the ability to convert first downs with just pure power as opposed to speed and elusiveness. Uh, you know, Tim Tebow has never been confused with Johnny Unitas in terms of his accuracy, but he left Florida as the all-time most efficient passer in SEC history. And I believe his last game against Cincinnati set the bowl record, BCS bowl record uh, for passing, and that's because the threat of his run allowed him to have easy throws, he executed those. The offense was built around that uh, tension and that conflict that you put a defense in with his running, and he executed it. And it, he also had the ability to do things outside the script, which you've seen a little bit from Jakari. The other part is the ability to improve as a passer uh, as time goes on. You know, I spoke to someone in Miami, and they said that they'd never seen a player improve as much over the course of you know, nine or so months as Jakari Brown. From when he first got here to now, his passing is night and day. He's working on it and he has a lot of natural talent. He has a twitchy arm. You saw that first touchdown pass to Mallory. He had a guy right in his face and he was able to flick it and get it get it out. That was a more impressive pass than I think people realize. Mallory is wide open but just to get that pass off required a level of twitch in the arm uh, and quickness of the release and, and flexibility uh, in that arm to get that pass off and he got enough uh, velocity to get it to where it needed to go before the defender can catch up. So A lot to like with Jakari just as a passer. And you think, too, in college, Hendon Hooker. He barely passed his first three seasons at Virginia Tech. Now is leading the most dynamic offense in the country at Tennessee. Uh, You think about Jordan Travis. Really, really inaccurate early in his career. Took a while, but now he's one of the better quarterbacks in the country and really tough to defend in that system. Um, At the pro level, Jalen Hurts. I mean, I heard for years, this guy cannot pass the ball. This guy cannot pass the ball. Well, he's put up pretty consistent passing numbers his whole career and getting progressively better. Now in the NFL, he's one of the most dynamic quarterbacks around. Uh, Lamar Jackson, same thing. He can't throw. Well, I see him throw a lot of touchdowns on Sundays. Josh Allen. you know, The old adage that accuracy can't be improved, I think is falling by the wayside a little bit with some of these athletic quarterbacks with these athletic arms. Maybe their inaccuracy is due to footwork issues, balance issues, things that can be corrected. And they have just that natural arm strength and twitch in their arm that can be adjusted and molded with time and experience and a system that's catered to their strengths. Um, So I think really that old idea about quote-unquote running quarterbacks and passing the ball I think is outdated. You see it in the pros. You see it in college. These guys can't improve. And really what they do with their legs is becoming more and more of a non-negotiable. You know, Not everybody's going to have to run like Jakari as far as 83 whatever yards he had last week but the the need for mobility is becoming more pronounced at every level including the pros uh you saw just look at justin fields again guys running the ball like they do uh it's a unique weapon because it tilts the numbers in your favor when the quarterback instead of being you know a a non-factor handing the ball off is now a runner and you need to account for him with numbers so he brings that package and we're going to talk to his head coach uh coach jamie debose at lounge later on in the podcast excited for that um but before we do, I want to talk about a couple other players. Um, Jalen Knight and Rooster, best game he's had and maybe ever running the ball. Uh, ran really, really tough and responded well when he looked like he was in the transfer portal a couple weeks ago. He came back, had an opportunity, seized it, hoping he's going to finish the season strong, have a great offseason comeback, and then had the season that we've been waiting for. You know, t- Two years ago, he was suspended the first four games. Uh, this year, he just... You know, didn't have a great summer, didn't have a great start, fumbling issues. I want to see him put it together for a full season and then go off to the pros where he has the talent to do something with his explosive ability. Also a great fit next to Jakari Brown with his ability to uh, play off that run threat that Jakari brings in the read option. You know, it's like if you look at the Tim Tebow Gators, Tim Tebow was the big power back in that team, but then he played with the Jeff Depps, and a Percy Harvin, who were not every-down backs, but they were extremely fast. Because what you would see is he'd run the read option, that running back would have a head start because everybody's focused on Tebow, so the running back would get through the line pretty quickly. And then that second-level speed of a Jeff Demps, who's a sprinter, of a Percy Harvin who has elite speed, that plays up because you already get them past the muck a little bit with the threat of Tebow, and then their speed takes over. So that combination of power quarterback, and speedy tailback I think really uh, plays to to Jalen Knighton's benefit. and uh, You'll see that as this year goes on with Jakari at quarterback. Uh, Some other guys I wanted to highlight, um, and Brashard Smith continues to do a nice job, improve. Um, Jakari, one thing he can do is, if he can place those horizontal passes, which it was somewhat inconsistent on, on Saturday, and it will be inconsistent until he develops real fundamentals, but when he can get that horizontal pass consistently placed well with the guy can catch it and run, uh, it's going to be dangerous because of his run threat inside and his ability to get the ball out fast with velocity. And a guy like Brashard Smith, who's a running back slash receiver, can really do something after the catch as we saw on Saturday. He'll thrive in that kind of setup. Guys like Robbie Washington, Ray Ray Joseph in the class, also sort of those running back wide receiver type hybrids uh, like a Brashard Smith. So happy with the way he's developing and how that role might have a future in Miami going forward in this offense. Uh, The freshman, you know, you had Inez Cooper pushing people around. You had Ja'Kari Brown, of course. Uh, Wesley Besant played an unbelievable game at linebacker. Um, Jaleel Skinner caught his first touchdown from his roommate, Ja'Kari Brown. You saw in garbage time a guy like Markeith Williams flash a little bit with with the way he played fast and and, and triggered fast. You saw Cyrus Moss almost get a sack. So, a lot of good things from this freshman class. I think you see the difference in length and athleticism with some of these guys. And you hope this next class coming in will just add on to that and the size of the team will just slowly get get bigger uh, and more pronounced with the recruiting, starting with that class of 2022, uh, which Chris Wall really put together in a flash and, and looks very, very strong from the early returns. Small class, uh, but, but very good players so far. Um, you know, Clemson... I'm not going to give you a detailed breakdown. They're one of the best teams in the country. Their defensive line with guys like Murphy and Brees is it's it's unbelievable. Um, they are they look they're going to look like a Clemson team. We saw what a better Miami team looked like going up there two years ago in 2020. Uh, Miami's just going to need to take care of business and and play physical, show up, protect the ball, make the plays that are there to be made, and hope to get some turnovers and 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 you know make the plays that have not bounced their way this year. Um, I think one thing that Jakari brings. In this type of offense, is the ability to slow the game down to limit the amount of total plays. That's what you want against a team like Clemson when you're the inferior team. You know, limit the amount of total plays. That means lucky plays, big plays that you make, big plays that maybe they don't make. Uh, become more pronounced because of the limited amount of plays, and gives you more of a chance for an upset. So I think that's what you'll see from Miami. You're, you're not going to see a fast-paced attack. You're going to see a team that's trying to convert first downs, not get into negative plays with Chikari, but be positive. You get a, you know, let's say you get to a, a third and three, you don't convert, whatever. But you don't want to see third and fifteens. Um, you want to see positive yardage, protecting the ball, safe plays, and when the explosive plays that there to be had which you will get explosive plays when they're playing Jakari's run threat. You're going to have uh, single high coverages that you can try to throw over. Um, You've got to make those plays because they're not going to come around all game. And you're trying to limit the amount of plays in the game but hit on the big ones. And that, those, those are some of the things Miami needs to do. Uh, but really, I just want to see them play with some effort and play in a different way than when you saw against Florida State, who is probably the best team Miami's played all year, and they're not Clemson. So you want to see a better performance uh, this week. And you want to see Jakari continue to show flashes of, of what he could do. But uh, but speaking of Jakari, I won't waste any more time. We got his high school coach at Lowndes, uh Jamie DeBose, who has some really great insight on Jakari and, and what he could do and the type of person he is. So we'll be on there after the break. The more things change, the more things stay the same. Canesware is still the number one spot for all your canes needs your south florida sports teams needs they got it all they got the new miami knights jerseys coming in all kinds of new gear coming in Uh, the new adidas ultra boost everything you need to get ready for the season you know you've been working hard christmas is still a long way away you got some money saved up blow it now buy some stuff get ready for the season look right everybody else is investing investing yourself invest in your wardrobe look no more of these old Ugly shirts from the 2014, 2016 when we lost a lot. New era, new gear, same old canes wear. The best in the business for South Florida sports. All right, we are here with a very, very special guest. He is the head coach at Orange Beach in Alabama, and he is the former head coach at Lonesdown in Valdosta, Georgia. He is Coach Jamie Dubose. And Coach, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it a lot.
0: Coach, obviously, you know, we are going to talk about Jakari a lot, but you're 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 here at, at Orange Beach in Alabama, just completed a good season with with a young program. Tell me a little bit about, about uh, that transition and, and how your team did this year.
1: Well, you know, it, it was a transition that was unexpected. Uh, you know, my father passed last spring, and, uh, you know, the plans were to stay at Lyons and Valdosta for, you know, many, many years, and uh, it was a dream job. It was a job that uh, – you know, that I I really wanted my entire coaching career when I finished up in Alabama and that's what happened. And, you know, then, you know, the good Lord throws curveballs at you and he gives you things that are unexpected. And, uh, you know, my mom was elderly and uh, my dad took care of her and my dad was actually in really good health and it was unexpected. So, you know, I mean, uh, they always say mama calls. Well, mama called in a different way. And, uh, I had to come back and take care of her, me and my wife. And, you know, we, uh, uh, had the opportunity to take on a new program I, i've had the pleasure of coaching some really good programs in my coaching career throughout alabama and then into georgia uh and this one's totally different this is kind of a brand new startup deal uh, the school's been here two years this was the first senior class this year and you know we started football here on the island it's an island here at orange beach and we started football for the first time for youth here this year and uh it's all brand new man it's, it's totally different now I'm teaching people how to put knee pads in and, and and uh what what a hip pad is rather than you know teaching them how to run a curl route we got to start at the basics first but uh we had a fun time this year and uh we went eight and three we unfortunately got beat 46 43 in the first round of the playoffs and uh kind of ended our year but uh man it was a great start and uh we got a lot out of it and now I'm enjoying the time to watch former players on, on the college level and, and watch them play right now.
0: And you've had some good ones, Justin Ross, we, we were talking about before air and, and some other folks that, that made it big time. But, of course, Jakari Brown, uh, huge impact at that program down in Valdosta, Lounge. So you came in his junior year. What, what were your first impressions of Jakari coming in?
1: Well, you know, first of all, Coach Randy McPherson coached him uh, as a freshman and sophomore. And then I came in his junior year, like you said. And, you know, I I knew he was a good player. And I'd had some, I had Justin Thomas, which was quarterback up at Georgia Tech for many years. It was really, really good in the triple option. I had him. And, you know, I've had, I probably had five or six other guys to go on to the next level. But, uh, you know, after getting there, in uh in Lambs and, and at, at leones in Valdosta, shortly after arriving i found out jacari you know man if, if there's one more loved person in a community you it's hard to find it anywhere in america uh this that guy when i walked in all i heard about was jacari brown i mean that was it and it was kind of like you know coach as long as you got him you're all right things are good and and i you know i've always heard that about people but you know after being around him and he's just so infectious with his attitude and his, his ability. And, you know, he, he's such a leader, but uh, he, he's, a, he's a legend. Uh, you know, Valdosta, Georgia is is known for football. Valdosta High School, one of the winningest high schools in America. And then Lyons was kind of started up later, and it's just come on the scene years ago. And, and they've won several state championships there. But, <coughs> excuse me, and there's been some legends go through <coughs> Lyons. But at the end of the day, Jakari may be at the top of the list when it's all said and done, and I know in the eyes of fans there in Valdosta Austin at Lyons, he's probably already at the top of the list. Uh, an incredible person and a well liked person throughout the community.
0: We're going to talk about his game and his physical attributes, but you know, what do you think it is about his his, his personality that makes him that is so infectious and that draws people to him, like like you described?
1: Well. You know, if, if you know the whole story behind Jakari, it's incredible, you know, just what he's overcome and what he's done. And they've been a lot of people help him along the way. But the reason they help him is because he's such uh, a, a bright a- a attitude. I mean, every time you get around him, it's hard to find Jakari not, uh, I guess, as young kids would say now, hyped up and, and geeked and, you know, just excited. You know, he. He he! Uh, every time he got around me, I got more excited. And I'm usually trying to be a very positive, excited person. But you know, he he just infects a whole locker room. And when college coaches would come talk to me about him, I I talked probably more about that than I did his ability to play. Uh, you know, Jakari's the type of guy that if he wanted to play wide receiver, he'd probably be the best one there and your on your campus right now. If he wanted to play O line, I'm not going to say he couldn't do it. Uh, size might be the only thing that gets him up there, but I, he would give it everything he had. Uh, Jakari's just an incredible person. He's a teammate. Uh, he's a hard worker. Uh, that's the next thing that I can say that I noticed about him quickly is, you know, we were at Lyons, and he was by far one of the best players in the program probably year in and year out, but he was also one of the hardest working players in the weight room, uh, on the field, in the classroom, wherever it was. Jakari was always doing what he was supposed to do, and uh, you, you didn't have to follow up behind him. You didn't have to push him. Uh, he, he's the kind of guy that, you know, sometimes you've got great leaders, by example, at high school and then some that, that talk the game, but they don't lead when they get on the field the proper way. Jakari was total package. Jakari could walk in a huddle and start talking, and everybody would be quiet. Didn't matter the situation. Even coaches would get quiet. You know, I, I've been in locker rooms, and Jakari stood up and said something, and everybody just walked into the locker room because they wanted to hear what he had to say. And I think over time that that attitude and that ability is going to take over that locker room where he's at. Uh, Miami didn't just get a great player. They got a great person and a person that is a unique leader that's only made a few times in this world, and Ja'Cari Brown's that guy.
0: Now, going to the football side of things, So you had two years of film on Jakari because he started as a true freshman, which, you know, that program is a very tough deal. Uh, So you watched the film, you step on the practice field, you see him. Now putting your football coach hat on, uh, what did you see from him and how you wanted to use him?
1: A playmaker. I mean, it it, it didn't really matter what you called Jakari and make it right nine times out of ten I mean uh, I can just go on and on about stories I've got about Jakari just over two years you know but just how he started is kind of like at Miami right now we were discussing earlier in the day you know Jakari you know was a freshman at Lyons and 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 if you don't know South Georgia football is the best other than Texas I don't know if there's better Uh, South Georgia football Miami-Dade
0: Florida we we feel pretty good about how we do it down here
1: and some of those places but uh when i was at other schools but i'm gonna tell you something it's huge in south georgia and and they love it and there's great talent and uh it's just it's incredible and as a freshman there was an injury that year and he got thrust into the lineup he all he did in coming in as a freshman is lead the team i believe to the semifinals uh then his sophomore more year he goes to the finals. They go to the state championship game. And then his junior year, we go back to the semifinals. And then finally his his senior year, we go out in the quarters we get beat by uh Collins Hill, which was a really explosive team last year. Uh, of course, with the number 1 player in the country on the team and all, but you know what a lot of people don't know in that ball game, Collins Hill beat us two years in a row. The year before, Jacari almost by himself found a way to win that game in the semifinals and get us to the state championship. And on top of that also, uh, you know, Jakari was injured that last game of the year in high school. A lot of people don't know that Jakari played with an injury that a lot of kids, a lot of players couldn't have played with. And he found a way to get out there and will himself into that game and try to play. It's just amazing because in the game before that, we played a Norcross team that was really good. And, and, and the second round game, and uh, Jakari goes down in the game. The the uh, doctors come and tell me he's out. Lo and behold, in the second half, when it's a tight game and we need a j- game-winning touchdown drive, Jakari tells me, Coach, I'm going. And and, and the uh, trainers, I got to go ask, can he go? And they said, Coach, let him go if he feels like he can't. He, all he does on one leg is limp down the field, picking up first downs, finds a way to scramble and hit a game-winning touchdown. And then we and then we need we need to put super safety in because we've got to kick off to him and they're throwing Hell Marys to win the game. Jakari wants to be on the field to knock the ball down. He intercepts the pass to win the game in the second round on one leg. I mean, this guy has done so much for a program in high school. That's what he's gonna do for Miami. And he is he is a guy that, you know, I saw him first game I ever coached against Archer up in uh, Atlanta area. He goes in the tent injured. I'm thinking this guy's out the rest of the game. Uh, two series later, he runs next to me and says, I'm ready to go. And and he plays like he's not even hurt. He never missed practice. This guy was always, if he got banged up, he was always back. And I, I go back to we played in the Georgia Dome his senior year. We played in the Corky Kell Classic at Walton High School, very talented team out of the Atlanta area. We were down. It looked like we were down and out. It was one of those, as a head coach, you're trying to come up with a speech to give at the end of the game. Jakari finds a way to lead us back, and we get the game tied up, and, you know, he gives us a chance to win the ball game. I mean, you could never count Lowndes out as long as Jakari Brown was taking a snap. Uh, and I think everybody in that community, I think every player in that program knew that. Uh, he just, just has something about him that's a winner, Uh and and you can't find that in many people what he has, but uh, an incredible person, an incredible athlete. He runs the read zone as good as anybody I've ever had. You know he can read it well. He's a big physical guy. So a lot of people say, well, you can't run your quarterback. This guy is running like a daggum inside linebacker in there. He's he's thick. He's just a freshman now. He's going to get thicker. He's going to get bigger in that program down there with the training he gets. Uh, he runs extremely fast. You can't catch him on the perimeter. And then I hear – I heard a lot of talk when I got down there that Jakari couldn't throw. Uh, it was great to see him throw his first touchdown pass last week, I think, right early in the early drive right there. jakari has got a great arm. Jakari can throw the ball as well as anybody. And what makes him really good is he throws on the run as good as anybody. And, uh, you know, I, I just – I can't say enough about the kid. I think he's incredible. I think he's a winner, and I think whoever has him on the team is always going to have a chance to win if he starts that game.
0: You know, it's funny. I was trying to brag on Miami-Dade, and I just remembered as I said it that you guys played Miami Northwestern, and I'm pretty sure you beat mm-hmm. the brakes off them. And Jakari went like 60 or 70 yards uh, untouched into the end zone, if I'm remembering correctly. He,
1: he absolutely did. I think they play, They actually played them his sophomore year and beat them at lounge. Uh, and beat them handily uh, and, and did a great job. And, you know, last year we played uh, his, his senior year, we played Lake Gibson on ESPN and uh, Jakarta, you know, they had one of the top DBs in the country, I believe that, that year, last year and all uh, they were an exceptional football team. And we ended up beating them at Lyons also. And Jacari had a huge night that night against them. But, you know, man, I, I tell you what, this guy, he, he, he's a studier of the game every day, He's going to be one of the first ones in the meeting room looking at the coach, eager to learn, hungry to learn. Uh, he, he wants to know coverages. He wants to know how to get better. Uh, he's a very humbled guy. He's one of the most humbled guys. You're going to love interviewing him. You're going to love talking to him because he, he's, he's a great speaker. And uh, like I said, he just, you know, he, he's a hungry guy. He's a guy that, that wasn't given a lot in life. He had to fight for what he had through life. Uh, He told me his life story one time, which if you ever get him to tell you, it'll break you down. But, uh, you know, he he basically football was all he had at one time in his life. And and he knew it was his way out. And uh, today he's trying to provide for his family, his his grandmother, uh, the people that uh, mothered, people that had a part in his life. You saw the video where he was hugging uh, family members next after the game. Uh, He is, I'm telling you, man, he is a family guy. He's a humble guy. Uh, and he's there to provide for his family, and that's what he wants to do in life. And you know, this guy's fault for everything he's had—the starting jobs and anything else. I've been waiting for this opportunity to see him go in the lineup all year because I knew when he got in there, uh, it's over. I mean, this guy's not going to give it up. You can't, you can't keep him out of the lineup. He's that
0: good. Yeah, and you know, Miami fans, you mentioned Lake Gibson. Miami fans would know that they just took the number two overall player in the country, Cormani McClain, a defensive back who, who you played against Sam McCall from Florida State, another five star in that defensive backfield, and I believe Jakari had one of his better passing games in that, you know, particularly throwing the ball in that in that game. If I recall, I remember seeing it on TV. But he uh, uh, was a
1: game, and he's been exceptional in all games. I, you know, I, 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 Jakari is is that guy that uh, again he's such a threat with running the ball, uh, reading the run. He's such a threat with his arm; it's just hard to defend the guy. And and then, and then if the, if the protection breaks down and you've got coverage and you're a man, when he's running in a secondary, there's not many DBs that want to hit him, uh, and he's just going to get stronger in that area. But uh, you know, a lot of people want to ask me a lot of times who to compare him to, and I, I don't know if he's a if he's a Lamar Jackson comparison or a Cam Newton of comparison because he's got a little bit of both. And, and that's the good thing. He's got the running ability and a reading in the run of a Lamar Jackson. But I think it, it, he's got the he's got the running ability also of a Cam Newton. Uh, and then he can throw the football. He throws the football very, very well. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just, you know, it, it's something that um, I think uh, is just going to make that team stronger every every day that he understands that offense more and more each day that he's there.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask you about the passing because, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I remember reading that you, when you came in, it shifted from really a run, run, run offense yeah. to more of a passing offense with Jacare at under center. So wh- wh- what did you see in Jakari to make that shift, and, and what were some of the things you worked on as far as his development passing the football?
1: Well, two things. Number one, uh, the the previous coach for me, Coach McPherson, they had a run-first offense. That's just – that was his philosophy. That was his belief, and uh, that won. That won big time. Uh, My philosophy is a little bit more balanced. So when I went in, I knew he was going to have to throw the football more. But Jakari ended up – I know when I went in, going into his junior year, he ended up going to these uh, 7-on-7s that's pretty much all year. And he started playing travel 7-on-7 ball with some different clubs. Uh, We started working with him. Uh, I brought one of the guys off my staff down. Uh, who works with several other quarterbacks I've had and you know he just started working with his drops he started working with his ball placement he started working with coverage reads he started working with drills and you know it, it, he just came in and, and started doing the things that he needed to do to become a better quarterback and Jakari worked on weekends he worked during the week uh, he worked uh, as much as he could his junior year to better himself. And, and then he went out and proved it. you know. And, and I, I kind of challenged him when I went in. I said, Jakari, the first word on you is you can run, but nobody thinks you can throw. And he's that kind of guy that if you throw a challenge out there to him, he's going to prove you wrong. And uh, that's one of the things he wanted to work on. I know his junior and senior year. And today I know if Jakari, if, if I was watching him, he's still working on that today. Uh, But the guy's got a tremendous arm. I always told people I thought Jakari in high school threw the deep ball better than he threw the short intermediate throw. Uh, He would throw the deep ball a lot better. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think he's gotten better in all phases of his game and what he's doing. And and it's all about mechanics, and uh, that's what he's been working on.
0: So, Coach, one of the things that struck at least me watching Jakari last week was his poise. You know, the guy for his first start, he did not put the ball in harm's way. Uh, you know, just the general way he carried himself. He didn't seem like a freshman. I know Coach Cristobal commented on that as well. Uh, what do you see from him just from a poise standpoint? Obviously, you know, anyone who knows about Valdosta, the Valdosta area, these are big games, not college football, but a lot of pressure. So his poise, what can you tell me about that?
1: Well, you know, the biggest thing is, like I told you, Jacari. Uh, started as a freshman in high school on some very good, good football teams, and uh, and like I said, South Georgia football it, it will prepare you for for that next level. And uh, with that being said, uh, Jakari has always been a more mature person than what he really is. Uh, I've always said Jakari when he was a senior, he was really a freshman in college or a sophomore already. I mean, he he was that far along maturity wise. Uh, so right now, Jakari, yeah, you see a freshman, but really Jakari almost a deep sophomore into his junior year, probably mentally and, and probably maturity-wise of where he's at. Uh, he, he's just a guy that uh, has had to do a lot on his own, and uh, he's a guy that, uh, like I said, has, has just always played and been above his age group. Uh, so he's not, he's not your typical freshman that's walking in there and and doing what he's doing uh he, he's he's a guy that uh you know is is you you get him as a freshman but he's like a red shirt freshman rolling in there right now
0: gotcha and were you there when when coach Cristobal recruited Jakari yeah. tra- so what were your impressions of of uh, Miami with coach Cristobal in terms of the recruiting process I know it was short but what were your impressions
1: well, you know, uh, Jacari was committed to the uh, to the staff before. You know, Coach Cristobal, he he liked the area, uh, and and then when they left, it was kind of, you know, Jacari came and talked to me real quick, but then Jacari said, "Look, Coach, I I love the University of Miami. That's where I want to go." And you know, I think when Coach Cristobal came in, that they, they made it a top priority to come see Jacari. He was one of the first people that they came and saw, and. You know they were really energetic when they came in there and met with him, and uh, you know they really talked to him and, and said the right things. And then of course, you know that he went on his visit with Coach Cristobal and the staff down there once they got settled in, and you know it was it was a done deal. Jakari Jakari uh, for Miami fans, Jakari has been Miami since he committed. He, even when there was a change of coach, he never really swayed. Uh, even though he got hit by a lot of people, and there were a lot of people during that period that just went after him uh Jakari was, was pretty firm to Miami the whole way. And, you know, he, he's been he's been a hurricane since the day he uh he, he committed to him and uh you know just Coach Cristobal coming in and, and telling him what the offense was gonna be like and 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 just explaining what he wanted him to be and do. Um, you know, and Jakari is not a guy that, you know, you saw Jakari sit and wait his time. During this time, Jakari has not called me or text me and said, Coach Uh, I'm thinking about joining the portal or anything else. Jakari knows I gotta earn it, and I'm going to earn it. and And that was his thought process, and that's what he did. And uh, you know, he waited his time. He grew. uh, He learned while he was waiting. And uh, I think he's uh, he's absorbed a lot. And now he's just uh, he's out there playing. And and Jakari, Jakari's a guy that when the lights come on, man. He's a guy you want on your team, and and I think you've seen that now uh, over one full ball game. Even the game he came in versus Florida State, uh, you know, I saw energy coming in at that moment right there, and and you saw the fight in him no matter what the story is, no matter what's going on. He's going to give you everything he's got. And, you know, I was was excited last week. Me and my wife, to see him go out there and start, man, we started calling friends and and everybody else, and and to see him come out there and do well was was really – It really made me feel good, not for myself, for him. And that's what I was watching because I know what he's been through and I know what he wants to achieve and do. And, uh, man, I was just excited to see him perform and play well.
0: Now, this offense right now, it's not built around Jakari. Obviously, he was third string out of camp. They weren't expecting him to be the starter. So, you know, as a coach who loves offense, if you're building an offense around Jakari at the college level, how do you envision it?
1: Well, you know, you got to have help. Jakari had help around him uh, every year, and everybody will tell you that, even though we ask a lot of him in the high school level uh, at Lowndes and, you know, even Coach McPherson before me asked a lot of it, Everybody did. And, uh, you know, J- Jakari was always there for the answers, and he was always there to do whatever. But at the end of the day, Jakari is smart enough to know he's got to have other people, and he knows he's a guy – that is a part of the process that if they're going to take him away, he's got to deliver it to other people. Uh, there were games that we played in high school uh, at Lowndes that that they would come in teams and they were like, okay, you're not going to beat us. And, and they would sell out for Jakari. Well, Jakari would get the ball in other guys' hands and they would go make plays to be able to do it. So. As you have your offensive system, you've got it built, I guess. But as anything, you're not going to build it around one individual. And Jakari is just that trigger guy that you really need because he he understands that if they take him away in that style of offense, there are other guys to make plays around him. And he's just a part of that. The great thing is, is the guy that's making that call is a guy you can really trust and a guy that really understands – that it's a team game, and and that's where Jakari comes in. Uh, it wasn't about Jakari. Jakari, I'll tell you that real quick. Like, if he gets the stats, great. If he don't, great. He's about a win. That's what Jakari is, and that's what he was about in high school, and that's what he learned at Lyons is winning. That was the most important thing uh, every time you went out there is is whether you're the guy or whether you have to get the ball to somebody else for them to be the guy our objective is to win and that's what he he understands and he knows
0: you did a lot of that i think 20 and 5 right during uh, during your tenure there if i have that right i have a man
1: uh he's a he's a major part of that i, I can tell you that right now
0: oh well, know miami fans miami has love that kind of record down here uh so coach you mentioned some s- stories and just some of the things this guy did on the field what's the most amazing thing you've seen him do just on the football field
1: Wow. I mean, there, there, are, there are things I, I couldn't even start to probably tell you. Uh, there, there are a lot of times that, that I would say the play was over and, and I thought he was sacked and somehow another Ja'Kari would escape. Uh, he would get through. He would score. Uh, I've seen Ja'Kari pull it and, 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 you know, you would think he's a 10-yard gain and it would turn into a, a 60-yard touchdown uh it's just i mean i wished i had the time to sit here uh, the most incredible thing i i witnessed him do was the night of the walton game uh when when we were in the georgia dome in a big atmosphere and you know we we were 14 down in the fourth quarter it looked like we were done i mean five minutes to go and he leads us back and gets us in the end zone two more times and Uh, a lot of that was on his arm of throwing the football. And that's what people don't understand. That was not him running the football. That was him throwing the football and making plays and, uh, you know, getting us back in the end zone. The only regret I have looking back at that game is we didn't go for two in the win right then. We went to overtime instead, and that's on me. That wasn't on Jakari. You know, Jakari's that guy that he's going to do whatever we ask him to do. But I feel right now that had we called a two-point play, he would have made it. And uh, that you have those regrets sometimes as a coach, and that would probably be the biggest one, and that one is, is giving him that opportunity to make it. But, you know, there, there are so many stories people could tell you that he, it's almost like he was Superman with a cape on out there sometimes. But, you know, he, he, uh, he finds a way to make plays, uh, and, and it's just his will to win or his will to do things is just bigger than anything I've ever seen. Uh, and and that's the thing that makes him such a winner i think at the end of the day i don't think anybody knows what they got but hopefully y'all will before long and he'll have his ups and downs everybody has the moments but uh he, he, he he'll battle through it and i think listen if you if you had to get one quarterback in the nation they may be some better ones on paper they may be have a better throw in a motion they may have the i don't think anybody's going to be a winner like jacquary brown i can promise you that
0: Coach, we're gonna let you go. You've been very generous with your time. I appreciate it.
1: And I want to say this: we're talking about his athletic ability a lot. It's very seldom you hear people say this. He may be one of the best people I've ever met in my life, and I'm talking about from the adults to to players to whatever. Uh, and I really, truly mean what I said at the beginning. He's such an infectious person with his attitude. Uh, I wish I wished I could see him every day of my life. I miss him now. Uh, I texted him the other day and. You know, he started hitting me back shortly after, you know, I texted him just about being staying humble and staying fighting and staying working. And, you know, my wife texted him, and he hit us right back. That's the kind of person he is. Uh, He cares about people. And, you know, I remember in in high school he would take pictures with the little guys running around because he was such a legend. Uh, It's hard to be a high school legend, but he is. He's a high school legend. And I know before he leaves Miami, he may be his own legend in Miami.
0: Well, Coach, again, really appreciate your time and appreciate you coaching him up because that was not as much of a learning curve as we've seen with with young quarterbacks in this last game. He looked a little bit more advanced and ready for the moment than others. So, uh, again, appreciate what you did for him and really happy to have him and happy to have you on the podcast. So, uh, congrats on a good season and uh, best of luck at uh, at uh, going forward.
1: Well, thank you so much. And uh, we're going to be cheering on the Hurricanes as long as he's back
0: there, of course. Appreciate it. So, Coach Jamie DeBose, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, we are back, ready to talk some recruiting, talk the bank, brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. It's been a little rough stretch for me on Underdog Fantasy, dropping to 500, same record as our beloved Canes. Uh, trying to get back in the in the win column here. I got three winners for you. Or if you think that my bad luck is a trend, you could pick against me. Underdog fantasy promo code CIS or use the promo link on the website on the YouTube and you get a hundred dollar match on your deposit. So that's free money. You can go ahead and play, pick against me. Uh, assume I'm, i I lost it. Or you could bet on on these winners I got right here. So got three picks. I got Aaron Rodgers. Lower than 33 and a half passing attempts. Didn't have many last week. I think that's the the formula for them to win. Uh, Garrett Wilson, New, Jer- uh, New York Jets. I like him over 44 and a half receiving yards against against the Patriots. He's a very very talented player. They're going to get him the ball. Chris Olave is old high school, his old college teammate, Ohio State over 60 and a half receiving yards. Take my picks. Bet against them. You know you put together a three team pick like that or a three pick like that, and you hit in all three, you get six times your return. Now you have $100 of free money to play with. You do the math. A lot of different options. You can do fantasy drafts, NHL, MMA, NFL, NBA, college football, you name it, underdog fantasy. All right. Now to the bank talk and recruiting. Uh, Wanting to highlight a name that I don't think people are talking about that Miami has a lot of interest in, really, really likes, and that's someone at the running back position, Kyron Jones, North Carolina State Commit uh, up there in Carolina. This is a guy with a 10,600 meters, 21 and a half, 200 meters, state champion in both. He's six foot and a half, 6'1, one, 190 pounds, good body. We're talking about a guy with a lot of physical tools, high level physical tools. And even though he's committed to North Carolina State, Miami's steady contact with him. They want him, they like him. He's a name to remember at the running back position. You know, also, Mark Fletcher, he's kind of all over the place. Uh, Commit to Ohio State. A lot of people expect that commitment to go by the wayside soon. Uh, does that mean it's going to flip immediately to Miami? I think it'll be a battle uh, once that Ohio State commitment gets shaky, uh, but Miami will be in that battle, certainly. So those are two names to really keep an eye on at the running back position. Um, offensive line, obviously Sampson, they're battling there. They still feel good about where they stand. They know it's a battle, but they got a lot of things in their favor, the city, the relationships, the ability to develop top 10 offensive linemen. Uh, Miami feels Feels good about where they stand with Sampson. They're going to keep fighting to the end. I like Mario Cristobal there, based on what he's shown as a closer. Uh, another name, Tommy Kinsler. He's someone that Florida is going to go after, and it's going to be tough to keep him in the class. You know, we're talking about a guy from Ocala. Uh, his parents and he and him are seeing Gator stuff constantly. His head coach is a Gator. I mean, that's a Gator environment. So that's going to be a battle till the end. Uh, Miami feels good that they can keep him in the class, but that will be another battle. And you know, you look at the on the internet, there's this narrative that the Gators are trying to flip Miami's class, right? They're trying to raid Miami's class, and we'll see how that turns out. I think Mario Cristobal has shown what he can do as a recruiter. But I asked somebody at Miami about this, and the response was very telling, and he said, you know, it's like when you have a hot wife or a hot girlfriend and someone tries to hit on her. You know, that's because she's hot. You know, (laughs) with the Gators, they're trying to get in on Miami's class because Miami's got a lot of premium blue-chip players national championship caliber players committed. With Miami, they don't want anybody in the Gators class. You know, Aside from a couple of defensive backs, uh, Miami thinks that the Gators class is ugly. And you can tell because they're not trying to flip those guys. And we know that Miami tries to flip committed guys all the time. I just mentioned two of them at the running back position, be it Kyron Jones and Mark Fletcher. So the fact that Miami's not trying to flip Gator commits aside from uh, some of their defensive backs is telling. And it should send a message as to, what Miami and other programs really think about the Gators class, uh, underwhelming in a lot of spots. Obviously, they try to add to that class by stealing some Miami guys, and that'll be a battle. But uh, I like Mario Cristobal uh, in that type of battle. Um, In terms of the position to watch going forward, really my eyes really focused on the defensive line position, tackle and end. Xavier McLeod, South Carolina commit Big, big-time guy. He chose South Carolina over Georgia, who really wanted him. Uh, having a great senior year, huge athletic um, national championship caliber war daddy on the defensive line. Miami's going to fight very hard to, to win that battle. Uh, it will be a battle, but Miami's in it. He just visited, and they're going to continue to fight. Uh, I mentioned Joshua Horton last week, North Carolina commit. Again, these are going to be battles, uh, but Miami is putting a lot of good work, and they're going to go strong after these flips. Defensive end, I would say the guy they feel best about is Reuben Bain. There's been some positive momentum there lately, but a lot of big names in the background there. And that's just one position, I would say, in terms of portal, in terms of you know, big names in the portal, in terms of recruiting, big names in recruiting, watch the defensive end position, watch the defensive tackle position. I think that's where the action is going to be from here uh, until the early signing period and then you know really until they lace up in, in spring and they get these transfers in. I think that's going to be a position with a lot of big names uh, coming into the picture. So that's a scoop on recruiting, and it's going to continue to heat up. But we got the best recruiter in the country, and hopefully he has some more wins to sell coming up off this Georgia Tech win. So let's get into some Q&A. Obviously, Kane's Insights all about the community, 5 million forum posts. We have the busiest message boards on the planet. If you're not already signed up, go sign up, get a name. Whether you want to lurk, you want to post, give people your opinion, get out there and post. Social media, canes.insight at Instagram. Uh, Canes Insight on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. A lot of ways to get your questions into us and a lot of ways to connect with fellow Canes fans. So pulling some questions out here now uh, from both Twitter and from the forums. I had uh, Apple Canes say, you know, why aren't you answering more questions? Uh, we'll get to, we'll get to those questions here today. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go heavy on the questions here. So we'll start on Twitter. Canada Canes wants to know what position could be a shock in a good way come early signing day. I just mentioned defensive line. Watch that position. A lot of big names and play. They're working hard there. That is the premium position in recruiting. It's what separates the haves from the have-nots. And Miami wants to be a have. So watch that position on the defensive line. Um, mumble rap wants to know what's the total number of players portal in high school you should expect miami to sign when this class is said and done 35 would be, is the number i would expect a little it could be a little more a little less but 35 is the number i focus on transfer plus uh high school and tally wants to know are there going to be any commits that none of us possibly even think are on the radar yes you know uh skinner citizen last year those were not things you expected uh, and that happened real fast. Imagine with a whole year's worth of relationship building and visits and all these other sort of things. So the answer to that is yes. And if you don't believe me, think about last year. Kane Thank 2020 wants to know, what's the story on Gil portaling out? Uh, seems that he should have been able to steal some of Al Blades' minutes at safety or snaps at safety. Uh, Gil, Gilbert Frierson announced he would be transferring to some location. I think Missouri's got a shot there with Blake Baker, some other options. Uh, sad to see him go. He's a guy that's really been a great Kane as far as his personality, his attitude, loves the Canes. Um, great guy by all accounts, really smart guy from all accounts, someone that I hoped had a big year this year, uh, didn't pan out. But people ask what happened there. after you know, He was one of our best players in 2020 at that strike year position, one of the most productive players with tackles for loss and tackles. Uh, I think the problem with Frierson is he's a hard guy to put in a position because he's not really fast enough to be a defensive back he's not that fast at all uh even for safety he's on the slower side but he's really not physical like a linebacker you know he's not somebody that's a striker a thumper he's more dragged down tackler so you have someone that's not that physical and not that fast where do they fit in and then you know very very smart but he's not like the you know guy that's going to be outworking everybody um so how do you where do you put him that he's going to thrive? Uh, I think if I'm him, I'm going back with Blake Baker, having all that success with him in Missouri. Uh, but I think he's a good player, a guy that could fit in the right role. Just with this new scheme coming in, it was hard to place him, and you're not going to build your whole defense around a Gilbert Fryerson. So uh, I think it's a puzzle piece pieces just didn't fit. But a good player, a guy who contributed to the Canes, and uh, you know I hope he continues to rep the Canes for life because uh, a lot of people really enjoyed having him around, uh, both on the field and as a recruiter and as a representative of the program. All right, what else do we got here? Hollywood Twenty Seven wants to know: Do you think Mario is open to running a Tennessee-style offense? Yes, you know I heard Mario's happy to have a running quarterback. Uh, obviously, Jakari Brown uh, emerging here. I think Mario's would love to do that. He loves to run, and he's not a guru. Mario has no system that he's tied to. His hero is Saban. What did Saban do when he lost to to Hugh Freeze a couple times? You know, he changed course. ball is like that. He's not somebody that's stubborn. Um, I think he is going to be somebody that adjusts. And seeing the success of Tennessee with somebody that looks a lot lot like Ja'Kari Brown, I think certainly has his attention, considering they're doing that in the SEC after a lot of underachieving recruiting classes, really a similar past two decades to Miami. If you were to compare Miami to any other program the past two decades, I think Tennessee is probably the best comp you can make as far as disappointments, underachieving recruiting classes, uh, and perennial mediocrity. And the fact they got out of it with this kind of offense should open some eyes. All right, uh, D one wants to know what's better for closing strong on this class: getting one of the two next games, or making a bowl and and getting all right making a bowl or getting the staff out on the trail if they miss a bowl. Tough question, but look, I'd rather them play practice, get some credibility in there. Paro's going to be recruiting twenty four seven, no matter what. He's going to be the tip of the spear in recruiting. Um, but you want to win, you want to win at home which has been lacking for Miami, four straight home losses, send the home fans happy with the win at Pitt, and obviously if you can pull the Clemson game off somehow, that's going to generate a lot of momentum. And it's going to be fresh on recruits' minds after some poor performances early in the year. Uh, my man Lance Roffers wants to know, uh, talks about how Kirby Smart uh, and, and, and Saban require assistance to go and travel and learn new systems. Uh, could Cristobal be doing something like that, and where would he go? For me, I would love for him to go, and I don't know what the relationships are or anything like that, but I'd love for him to learn from Lincoln Riley, uh, just because the ability to combine the air raid with gap scheme running, big, powerful offensive line that moved people, which we know ball's trying to build, which we know from this recruiting class and guys like Inez Cooper, he's moving in that direction. The ability to pair that power and that ability to impose your will running the ball and open up gaps um, with the air raid passing scheme and hugely productive quarterbacks, Heisman caliber first pick overall quarterbacks. That to me is, is where Miami could really find its niche because they're going to have receivers available. Uh, you're going to have huge offensive linemen from Crystal Ball and Mariball, the way they recruit. You're going to have great running backs because there's a ton of great running backs down here in Florida and nationwide. So, How do you put together a system that's going to be appealing to quarterbacks, to quarterback transfers, and everything else? I think that system, to me, is absolutely in line with what this offense should be with the way Cristobal and Mirabal are recruiting big offensive linemen. All right, USAF Kane, 88. First of all, hope you had a happy Veterans Day. Uh, Wants to know top flip candidates. We pull on top flip candidates that bounce. Um, I would say, you know, Mark Fletcher's a guy to watch. I don't think he's just in line to flip from to Miami, but I think his Ohio State commitment is shaky, and we want him, so he'd be someone to keep an eye on. The defensive tackles I mentioned uh, Xavier McLeod and Joshua Horton Miami's working those extremely hard. Those are some names I would keep an eye on. Uh, and also defensive backs from Florida Sharif Denson and Jakeem Jackson. Miami's working those, but. Um, that's going to be a tough battle, given that uh, UF has done a great job recruiting defensive backs historically, and those guys are closer location-wise to Florida. But those will be some flip candidates, and top flip candidates to bounce. Um, I don't think anybody's in, imminent, but you worry about a Tommy Kinsler, given where he's at his location. Um, you know, you worry about. Uh, I mean, he really is the one. You know, I, I'd be I'd be focused on um, as far as guys, and I don't think there's anything imminent there or anything like that. I just think location-wise is something to watch. Um and I should also mention that in terms of quarterbacks I didn't mention in the bank earlier but I don't expect Miami to take another quarterback. I think Emory Williams, they feel good there about him and they'll be happy to to wrap it up with him and continue to develop the guys they got. Hopefully get TVD coming back uh for another season. JME 231 wants to know. Samson coming in as Fletcher, Damari Brown, who do you finish with on DL? Any other surprise people to look out for? Um, yeah, kind of. I went over a bunch of that uh, I think they feel good about Samson Innis, they're going to give it their best shot He is considered a program changer And they're going to treat him accordingly Whether he comes or not, I don't know But the effort will be there Fletcher, I think Ohio State commitment shaky Will work that Damari Brown, good chance there um, D, uh, D-line, I think the most uncertain position uh, Horton, Bain, guys to watch McLeod And then surprise people to look out Like I mentioned, Kyron Jones uh, From North Carolina Somebody Miami likes a lot uh, and, and would love to get uh, South Carolina Ibis wants to know did Stefan Adams portal out? Uh, no, he's I saw him at the Canes game the other day. He looking looking slim with his girlfriend, uh, doing great, and uh, you'll see him pop around Canes this time from time to time. Right, we we love Stefan, and uh, and are glad to have him as part of the team. All right, last question from Cane for Life 18. Uh, he wants to know in regards to the transfer portal, what portal edition moves should we be looking out for? Um, and he has another question, which I'll answer. But as far as the portal, uh, I'm not gonna say names because, this, you know, uh, that's not how that game is played. Uh, but position-wise, I'd watch running back. I would watch wide receiver, offensive line. Let's see how the 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 high school class pans out. But if you if they circle back there, I think tackle might be the might be the way. But let's see how the how the high school class pans out. Um, defensive tackle potentially, linebacker, um, and then and then defensive back you're going to need to say a corner because this cornerback class is looking thin last year's class i don't see any surefire contributors as either so i think you're going to see uh, probably two defensive backs added uh so really that's a lot of positions i just listed um but i think you're going to see up to 10 portal kids and a focus on impact players they're not just trying to add bodies they want guys you know last year they were trying to triage some positions i think you're looking for daryl jackson type Key Mesidor-type transfers who really make an impact and change your team and require a lot of attention and deserve a lot of attention. Uh, the other question from Kane for Life 18: Will Mario allow our offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, bring in some of their own people to promote more continuity? You know, I think this was a learning season for Mario. Talking to, to people, that, that sounds right, and he's he's not stupid. He knows that that he needs to take lessons from the season. And if you're asking me one lesson, it's chemistry among coaches, and that's just not personal. That's on the field. You know. There should not have been so many big plays against this defense this year. This defense was too good against the run. It was too good in his pass rush with the front four to be this bad on defense as a whole. And that was a lot of miscommunication, a lot of people not being on the same page, can't have that. And then on the offensive side, if you want to bring in an offensive coordinator and install a system, uh, he's got to bring in some of his own guys to make it all work. Rhett Lashley had tremendous success. Uh, he brought in Likens, he brought in Justice, and, and it worked out quite well. Um, or he had, you know... Justice could speak his language. Excuse me, there was a chemistry there a connections there. So obviously all those guys stayed together. So I think you want to see that kind of bond on offense going forward, especially if you make a radical change on system. Got a lot of questions on Gaddis. I still think he's gone. So that's the story. Thank you for your questions. Remember to uh, like, uh subscribe. Get in on this, get on social media, follow Kane's Insight. The content's going to keep on coming. Joel's putting out a ton of social media content. We've got these podcasts, the posts, the news, the bank, all the stuff that's coming through. Recruiting season, you want to be plugged in because nothing happens faster than it does on Kane's Insight. Those boards are updated instantaneously. If a kid sneezes on Twitter, it's on Kane's Insight within seconds. So get on those forums, keep refreshing, get your fix, and uh, we'll guide you through to signing day and through these last two games. Go Keynes.